Welcome, Pathfinders, to the Find the Path podcast actual play of the Mummy's Mask Adventure Path. Neferuset Part 2 with more blasphemy. Blasphemy. Bless for you. <laughs> Bless for everyone. In the room. Except Hollis. Except Hollis, yes. Hollis can't hear it from her seats back in the, the nosebleeds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I suppose jumping back into things. Here we are again with the continued adventures of the Mummy's Mess podcast, our march to the end. When last we left our doorkeepers still deep inside of the inner sanctum of Hakatep, they had made their way past the the shrine area to uh, to set, as well as uh, other darker things. Mm. Battled against some oozes, all the rest of that stuff, and uh, we left off as the party had entered into uh, Neferuset's burial chambers. Neferuset's hall, to be specific. Although she's uh, she's not so much buried here. Well, she was. She then yeah, got up and wandered Yeah, off. she got up. She got better. <laughs> better? I got better. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's kind of up doing things. Um, Lots of necromancy and weird oracle powers. Yeah, we'd well, like to know. put her back into her burial. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You'd engage in like a fight against uh, her and uh, also the various uh, Neshmal. Little squiggly boys. Her little tentacle pets. Semi-transparent, massive, convulsingly roiling tentacles. I don't like yeah. them. I don't like them either. They're fun little wiggly boys. I, fun and fun is not the word I would use. And they're incorporeal, which is the worst. Yes. Yes, it is the worst. I don't know why, especially because I haven't seen this movie probably since I watched it in theaters and was uh, was disappointed years and years <laughs> and years ago. Not by the technical expertise, because for its time, it was phenomenal. The Final Fantasy Spirits Within movie. I've blocked oh, that from I've my seen memory. That. I've seen I think that. Heather and I were like 17 years old and drove for uh, 25 miles because it wasn't being shown in the small town in Texas that we grew up to go and see that. And then we went. Okay, there's a dude named Sid. What what does this have to do with Final Fantasy? <laughs> that was my reaction as well. I was like, this is the most un-Final Fantasy Final Fantasy. I actually <laughs> really don't remember a legitimate single thing about that movie. I'd even forgotten that there was a guy named Sid. There were <laughs> ghost tentacle boys. So that oh. was a thing. I remember that from the trailer, but I never actually saw it. Mm-mm. There were there was a lot of like spirits and stuff like vibe, but it also was like heavy, heavy sci-fi. It would have been I have a feeling it's one of those movies that they hadn't slapped Final Fantasy in front of it. It would have been an okay sci-fi movie, but they yeah. had to try to bill it as Final Fantasy and no. <laughs> well, because I think it also tapped into a little bit of the Final Fantasy Seven thing about the time, like with live streams and all the rest of that. Because well, that's I think not the just, whole that's a bunch of the Final Fantasies do yeah. that. And I, I think the whole premise of it was basically like a meteorite fell to the planet. It was full of ghosts, but it was <laughs> ghosts from that another world. Va- yeah, that sounds vaguely. And so, like the tentacle familiar. things were like the ghost equivalent of alien wells that were just trying to live their ghost lives. I don't really remember. Anyway, Weird. that's kind of what these Sounds little tentacle guys remind me of. <laughs> I'm going to stick with the uh, Ocarina of Time water temple weirdness. That's yeah, that's well, also definitely what, Definitely is that. Uh, yeah, but you guys fought some uh, some Neshmal as well as uh, for brief time battling up against Neferuset herself. Dave and yeah. Douglas are gone. It's just yep. Suzanne. Yep. It's just, just Suzanne, Suzanne is left. Suzanne and Eferu said the ladies are the are, are the stronger ones who held out. <laughs> yep. Mainly by sending the men forth first. <laughs> I, I do uh, recall that they went forth. They were not sent forth. I, that is fair. They w- they did <laughs> went forth first. They did went forth. <laughs> <laughs> should we try to blame the women for this? That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Even if they are evil, weird, tentacly ladies, I will not stand for this anti-feminist Never doesn't talk. have tentacles. She has bandages. There's a difference. We don't know that she doesn't have tentacles. She has she weird has like, shadow tentacles coming yeah, off of her body. She has stuff. tentacles in her heart. 
That's true. <laughs> She's a tentacle monster at heart. Oh my god! I feel like those are heartworms, and she okay. needs to get that looked at. <laughs> I feel I feel like that. That's the scroll work underneath somebody's tattoo of Ursula across their back. <laughs> oh yeah, that big tattoo of Ursula. I have tentacles in my heart. <laughs> anyway, she was about to give us a really bad time. Yes, yeah, she's gonna mess yeah. us up. Yeah. To all of you poor unfortunate souls. Uh, so I suppose we'll go ahead and uh, launch souls. back off. I uh, knew that Rachel yeah. would start singing. Best songs. <laughs> Let's go ahead and kick in some Sirenscape and get back to it. Sirenscape. It's blasphemy. <laughs> so I believe I'd left off with her casting the blasphemy spell. Yeah. We didn't like it. Yeah. I'm going to get into uh, some will saves. So I will need will saves from the party sans Hollis. And of course, this also includes two who must make a will save since he is not on his home plane and is a non-evil extraplanar creature within the area of effect, he needs to make a will save at a minus four penalty. I don't think Ow. there's anything I can do to help no. him. Uh, blasphemy, uh, is it fear, enchantment, death effect, mind affecting? It's an evil sonic effect. I was going to say, I don't think it's any of that, but I was going to As an interesting check. side note, uh, it does state in here that this effect takes place regardless of whether the creatures hear the blasphemy or not. So, huh. all right. Let's go ahead and get some will saves. Okay, so I roll an 18, which with Hollis's bonus gets me a 38. All right. Uh, I roll a 12. Uh, with all the bonuses, that gets me a 37. Okay. Here's where it might come into problems. Uh, Citra. Citra rolled a 10 for a 25. Ooh. Oh. So. All right. This is probably going to be bad. This is going to be real bad, guys. Maybe. The good news is. Does. does will say or does two save? We'll get to that in a second. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't like that at all. <laughs> the good news is all three of you do save, okay. which negates the day's effect okay. and means that the weakened effect is halved, which would have been, been 10. So instead, each of you have your strength scores reduced by five. Oh, oh my God. All right. All right. This. Okay. Ah, oh, my poor to hit and damage. This will last for the next three rounds. Okay. Yep. All right. Okay. Okay. And now, a little nervous for two here, and nervous oh, no. for all of you in connection to that. And now, two has a plus 16 will save. Maybe he Minus has four. plane shift as a spell-like ability, and he can just come back of his own volition since he knows we need him. Uh, he wouldn't get to pick he where he He can't come back. in here, though. Yeah. That's true. He also doesn't have teleport, so he'd have to fly to wherever you guys yeah, are. Yeah, so he, it's uh, anywhere yeah. on the plane that he comes back to. I was trying to be optimistic. No, yep. only sadness. You shouldn't be optimistic. This is a terrible situation. So he has a plus 16 will <laughs> save. This is with a minus <laughs> four sense. That's when you're penalty. definitely supposed to be optimistic. We you know, know, the one time I try to send out good vibes when I'm usually the negative one, I get smacked down. <laughs> you have a role, Heather. I support you, Heather, 100%. Shush Jordan. He's your boy. Who's your boy? I love him very much. He's roll like a 10. <laughs> the first thing that I need to do is roll for two spell resistance. Okay, come on, buddy. Uh, Maybe she uh, So this two roll. has a spell resistance of 23. I'll roll this in front of you. Okay. We're scared. I'm very scared. And she gets a 30 so to overcome the spell resistance, which succeeds. Well, hey, but I mean, there was a chance. 17, everyone. <laughs> there was a chance. And now he needs to roll. He has a plus 16 will save modifier with a minus four. That means it is 1d20 plus 12. I'll go ahead and roll that in front of you guys too. And he rolls a 14. Plus 12, gets him a 26. A 26 will succeed yeah! as two does <laughs> resist Boy. the banishment effect. However, he is also 
strength drained the same since he yeah. is lower hit die than her caster level. Y'all can't see me, but I was covering my eyes that whole time. <laughs> that will change the outcome. <laughs> Heather also couldn't see all of you. Uh, by that, yeah. I mean the three people, the four people at this no, table. No, Heather can see everyone. <laughs> yes, everyone. In the uh, haunter in the dark type of way. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no, Peeking in on us. Yes. For all of our listeners, every time you roll a perfect 20, Heather is there in spirit. <laughs> Y'all are revealing all my secrets. Shh. So now that does mean that two them. also takes five points of strength damage, which uh, oh, is yeah, yeah. bad, but it's not as bad as being banished. Yeah, that's He's still minus here. two to hit and damage, really. Uh, good thing we were getting a plus one from Hootie. So yeah, as Neferu steps forward, she begins to speak. Uh, honestly, she's been speaking in Aklo this entire time because that's all she speaks during combat. Weird, rude. Oh, she's got the tongue's curse. Oh, she's got the tongue's curse. I love oracles. Citra and Masika more so than Sudi, because I believe Sudi's actually neutral, but it still affects them. I am in lawful neutral. Any non-evil creature is affected by blasphemy. It doesn't really, it's like, nope, you're not evil. You're you're not in the club. All three Uh, of you recoil. Uh, Two looks physically ill. Oh, poor two. These statements start echoing in his head, and for a second, his form seems to almost haze. As if for a moment you're viewing him through frosted glass. Masika would reach out and grab at him just like on instinct. Like, I don't know. Maybe if I grab him, he'll stay here. That's how magic works. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly how magic works. We're going to go with that. He gives you a firm nod, turns, narrows his bird-like gaze across the distance towards the literal blasphemer. Mm -hmm. Bring us to... erase her. Two. If only he could just erase her. Two... Steps forward, wading his way up to this uh, this other horrific blasphemy in his way. Uh, hefts his blade against the blinded foe, kicks on his power attack, and he'll go ahead and full attack against this thing. Yes, do Get it. Get him too. Sadly, half damage. Yep. This is uh, this is Suzanne, correct? Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Rick's like y'all naming my monsters weird things. It makes us happy it, because it, everything is bad. We need <laughs> happiness in these dire times. So a 23 for his first hit. Yes. Does that hit? 23 will strike his target since his target is blinded. Nice. Two's picture looks grumpier and grumpier the longer you look at it. Sometimes. <laughs> it is, yeah. He has it, resting it's grumpy. It gets grumpier sure. and grumpier the longer this fight goes on and the more blasphemy <laughs> going I, mean, I, feel I mean, I feel that, yeah. All right. So first swing swings in. That is 33 points of damage. Half of that's going to be a solid 16 points for him. Second swing. That is a perfect 20, which will automatically Woo! hit. Cannot critical. You done made a mad now. Yeah, uh, 32 points of damage for another 16 as he swings back around and cleaves in. He's like, I do not hold to blasphemers. Mm-hmm. Third swing. I saw your other sigil and I erased that too. <laughs> and I helped erase your husband from the history book, so screw you, uh, lady. Third swing is with a 36. It's weird to be on the side of censorship. For another <laughs> 33 <laughs> points of damage. He's, it is. he's really consistent right there in that 32-33 range. We love him. We're here for it. Uh, unfortunately, his foe still stands, which actually oh, brings us to the monstrosity, uh, which turns its attention to two and full out attacks. Uh, stop it. No, hit me. Dang it. It's trying to hit something. So I don't think there's an easy way for me to show these to you. No. What are you What are you doing? Uh, no, trying to show his new dice. It's, no, no. It's uh, I rolled all three perfect Paizo P on my dice, which no! is a 100 to get through wow. the mischance and a perfect oh 20 God. to hit. 
Wow. We hate it. That, you I, leave whoever, two right, alone. Who sent, who sent those metal dice, I think dice that's a one in 2,000 chance. That has never happened in the history of me rolling these. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Uh, however, actually, I think he's going to fail to confirm because I rolled a three. Good. So that's unfortunate. Being mean to two. With this giant bird boy needs our protection, but you know what I mean. <laughs> it's the native he's, levels he's that are problematic. Now. Nope, that's a confirmed critical because uh, touch AC. Ah. Mm. All right, so that whips back around. That slams to striking to four. 15 points of regular damage, of which five of those will actually affect two because this thing is not an evil-aligned outsider creature. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, giving two a negative level as well, so... Ah. Mm. Don't ah. like. I can fix that. Oh, there's going to be fixing a lot of those here soon. Uh, that was only its first attack, so it continues Ow. its swing. How dare it. A 7, however, will not get through the mischance. Good. A 76 will get through the mischance, and that's only a 22, but that will still hit 2's touch AC, which is actually really bad. Oh, well, he's a big boy. He's a big he old boy. He's a big boy, yeah. Yeah, he has a dexterity of 19, but he's still just a big old boy. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Even though he's only currently large size. So again, to recap a little bit, <laughs> since we launched back into that for the audience, uh, again, the party is currently arrayed with the tentacle beast flailing at two right now, uh, squaring off against two and Sudi and blocking the way through the archway that leads into uh, the chamber where Neferuset is, the Shrine of the Infinite Void, as it is known in the mm, book. That's cool. Crouched behind two on one side and Sudi on the other side are Citra and Masika standing side by side. And then uh, outside of blasphemy range, uh, another <laughs> 20 feet back is Hollis <laughs> hanging out at the edge of the reflecting pool. Mm-hmm. That takes us from the uh, the tentacle be- beast, the Neshmal, to Hollis Starkweather. Hollis is going to do something Hollis hasn't done this like whole game and ready to counterspell whatever the heck that lady's going to cast. Okay. All right. I have a greater dispel magic, and that's what I'm going to do. Okay. I really don't want to use any more of my eighth level spells on her, so I'm just going to keep her from hurting us, maybe. <laughs> I like that you're just turning into, well, I'm just going to stop that. We got to fight her husband today. It's true. <laughs> yeah. That is true. true. The couple All that right, slays so. together stays together. Yep. So Hollis readies to uh, counter spell. Yep. That's always fun. That might be the first time that that's happened in... In this game, yes. Yep. In this game. I don't think we've ever counterspelled anything in this game. Well, typically I'm just doing stuff and it's fun, yeah. but... Ross, Ross, in typical Ross fashion, once built a counterspell-focused wizard. That feels very Ross. I got very close to building Hollis as a counterspeller because uh, there's a sub-school of abjuration that's counterspell, but then I... I think that's where didn't. Ross rolled. Yep. It's very cool. But instead, I'm just going to... You gotta find a lot of wizards and and clerics and stuff for it to really see its value, though. Yeah. From Hollis, who readies, we go to Citra Nahamra. Oh, gosh, I wish I had uh, more foot. uh, They're blind. You could run past them. That's not the issue. It's that she's 35 feet away. You're flying. Oh! Oh, I totally forget. I always forget that it goes up to 40. Uh, Citra is going to close the distance and move 35 feet to get uh, right up in Neferuset's grill. She's going the distance. I'm going to have to, unfortunately, say you attempt to close the distance. As you pass under the arch, you slam almost rebound off of some sort of bubble. No, she it's did just, not. It's an anti-life shell. She I didn't. Bet you anything. Oh, that is such a such a BS move. Come on. As you press up against it, there is some sort of emanation 
that you can almost feel the curvature of this bubble radiating out with a seemingly Neferu set in its center. That is such Citra, a... I'm God, just that's saying, so smart. Oh. Is spouting off obscenities <laughs> like no one in this group has ever heard before out of it's her so mouth. It's so smart. Why did she do that? We gave her too much time to prep somehow. I figured well, well, she knew when, we she, when Citra hits the wall, she's like, Hollis, I can't get to her. Masika, do you got a dispel? No. Well, I've already read it, so this is what it is. Whoever wrote this encounter, man, smart. Oh, I hate it. So you rebound off of that. Um, you're still going. I vanish. You vanish? <laughs> All right. I vanish. So Citra rebounds off of this, stumbles back before just kind of curses crap, and, and then speaks a word, just vanishes from sight. <laughs> I'll put a little ninja icon on you. You're invisible. Delightful. <laughs> I mean, horrible, and I hate her, but God, delightful. that's such a smart move, and it's so frustrating. <laughs> seems to be a problem like when she, you find a lot of undead. So that she she like, disappeared. Eh. <laughs> from Citra, we go to... Masika of the Beckon. All right. The, they need to make uh, reflex saves. <laughs> sunbeam. As you sunbeam. You just point your hand out again and beam them again. <laughs> You're very uh, Iron Man. I get a... It's very Iron Man, yes. 35 yes. and a 33 for spell resistance. Very well. Nice. Uh, so both of those will succeed. So I need reflex saves? Yes. So Neferuset makes a 24 and the other she creature fails. makes... She's blind! Yes! Back up from the mic, girl, but that was great! Get her! Uh, the other creature makes a 21. That fails as well. They're, she's already blind, so... She's also right. in the double blind study. Yes, so Suzanne will take 46 points of damage, which is 21, so she takes 10. Okay. Neferuset will take 16 points of damage, or 16d6 points of damage, which is 55. Oh, yes! Ouch. Get her. Um, and blinded her. And she's blind. Nice. Yes. Changes my calculus a little bit. Good. Yep. I can do that uh, three more times. Mm. <laughs> Sunburst, such yes. a good spell. No, this is Sunbeam. Or Sunbeam, yes. such mm. a good spell. So that's the end of uh, that's the end of Masika's turn. Call Masika Ivysaur over here with the Sunbeam. <laughs> All right, yes. so from Masika, we go to Sudi Kantar. All right, Sudi is going to take a uh, five-foot step forward uh, just because he can. Now that there's the anti-life shell that unfortunately ruined my idea of, like, getting through the Nermithal and then being able to, like, fly and kick over to her. So, um, yeah, I'm... Yeah, uh, you might have broken a toe. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty I'm sure Citra just probably broke a nose. I, I was just saying, I'd be amazed if you didn't like break your nose or um, something from going side fast tangent, first that. We do have a sliding glass door and our dog ran full force bong directly into it. And I thought she had killed herself, but she hadn't. But that's what I just pictured when you... Which one? Which one? Nova. Scout. Oh, I would have thought it would have been Scout. And she bonked so hard into it that she just kept running backward, right? Like she bonked into it and ran backward. All right. So anyway, anyway that's what um, to okay, so I'll flurry of blows full, uh, full round attack on the Nermithal. Okay. And Masika does have another sunbeam memorized. She memorized two. Yeah. It's also, nice. called, it's also called a Neshmal. Nermithal, Neshmal, I think, is someone whatever. from Nermithal. Nermithal is something else. <laughs> it's like normal uh, plus Nesh a Neanderthal. Well, I was thinking Nermal, which is the little cat Garfield. in the Garfield comics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a I'm a I'm a punch this tentacle thing. Okay. <laughs> I roll a 15 for a 40. A 40 will strike your foe. He punches her a lot. Okay, so I'm taking a minus one to my damage. So this it, from my um, reduced strength. Uh, so that is uh, going to be 
18 points of damage. All right. So he slams that his up fist with home. another 15 for a 40. A 40 will strike your foe. 16 points of damage. Very good. Uh, chip, chip, chip it away. The third 15 in a row, by the way, wow. which is weird. Hey, uh, which gets me a 35. All right. Uh, for 17 points of damage. That little symbol on Citra that you said, I'm going to put a ninja on there. I've always thought that looks like an egg, and I've always wondered why you put that on no, people when they're visible. <laughs> but it looks like a little egg. <laughs> uh, 16 points of damage. All right. Chip, chip, chip it away. All right. This one's really bad. Uh, so that is a six, which will get me a 21. That might actually miss. A 21 will strike your blinded foe. Spiff. Hmm. All right. Uh, so that is 17 points of damage. And that fells the creature as you continue to hammer away Yay. over and over until you finally rip it asunder. Sweet. I guess Sudi will see like where Citra was and see like there's probably like a little baby smear of blood. <laughs> from like a bloody nose. Into that. He does that thing where he finishes he finishes <laughs> the thing off and he looks back at like Masika and uh, Hollis. So what do we do about these? I'm watching her. <laughs> I gotta concentrate on this. What do I do about these? I, sit there for a second. All right, so that takes us from Sudi to Neferuset. She blind. I, she likes darkness. Be happy. <laughs> she can't target anything. She will lift the wand she is carrying in her offhand. Uh-oh. Uh, speak the command word, which fortunately for her is in Aklo. Um, Hollis, do you wish to uh, identify? Because you can attempt to identify I this do. and counterspell feasibly if you want. Let's see what this is that she's doing. Um, I roll an 11. I'm down a level, but I've got a plus two. So that's like essentially a 10, 39. A 39 easily succeeds as you can identify this as deeper darkness. If she's going to be blind, everyone will be blind. <laughs> I don't have anything else to get rid of that. I had the ones. Yeah, I don't have a light spell or anything. And she has a wand of that, which means that you'll buy as a round at most. Sudi will be able to see where she is because of the tremor sense. Yeah. I'm going to let her cast it. Okay. She activates her wand, uh, and everything goes dark. We go from there to two. And he is true seeing, so he doesn't care about darkness. Yep. Two's like, I'm technically not alive somehow. So two strides his way forward through the uh, the anti-life shell. <laughs> get her! Get her! Get her. <laughs> I love the intentional loophole because that also means you could summon stuff through it. Well, too. technically, outsiders are just soul stuff. I mean, they don't That's technically true, yeah. have a body. So it's I mean, the corporeal arguably... body part it stops. I guess. <laughs> so two strides his way forward. Yeah. Just please annihilate her. I love I the idea that we I'm all like, just are like, well, I guess two's got it. <laughs> yep. Just bellows out blasphemer. And then uh, hefts his sword and <laughs> swings down it. <laughs> Time to erase you. <laughs> uh, two is power attacking. So he's got that with the minus from that. Uh, he's still within the range of Masika. So that is a 33, which will strike his foe. Get her. Slamming down for 31 points of damage. Ooh. Nice. Are you vulnerable to fire? Depends. Depends uh, to what she is. Yeah, yeah. she might have some fire damage. Fancy mummies. Yeah. An additional five points of fire. Yeah. Again, none of you can see whether or not she's actually being affected by this. Masika's just listening for the, like, you know, splat sounds. I'm listening for two to be like, she dead. <laughs> she dead. <laughs> she dead. <laughs> she real dead. <laughs> From two, we go to Hollis Starkweather. Two, is she dead? Uh, no, no, I'm still swinging. All right. Um... <laughs> 
Preferably before she starts, you know, saying blasphemies again. It's true. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and drop a uh, an area dispel about, you know, 15 feet back from where she was. Trying not to catch two. I'm just generally kind of guessing how far back, but making sure that I hit her. I don't think two has any enchantments or anything up right now that we have he's, to worry about. Dispel. He's no. gated in. Does that matter? He's gated, so he can't just be dispelled. Okay, yeah. cool. Then, okay. yeah, I'll just drop a dispel magic. Okay, so, well, a greater dispel magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, that's the only one I have left. A greater dispel magic area dispel over her. Okay. I've also never done the area version. You're using the area dispel. So when using this way, the spell affects everything within a 20-foot radius burst. Roll one dispel check and apply that check to each creature in the area as if targeted by dispel magic. Hmm. That's a good roll. Yay. Which is good, because I'm down a level. Uh, I roll an 18, which gets me a 33. If you're doing an area effect, mm-hmm. it will target the object that she casts greater darkness on because it's an object separate from her, and it will target her once. Great. So it'll okay. hit her, what, lowest level magical effect? Uh, well, it works the same as if you target an individual for that. So it goes, uh, you roll against the highest caster level spell and then the next highest if that one fails. Oh, and then okay. so on and so on and so forth okay. until you actually dispel something. Mm-hmm. Or you fell to dispel any of it. So yep. uh, go ahead and roll to see whether or not you can dispel the darkness. Okay. Well, the first one's a 33. A 33 will successfully dispel the darkness effect. Hey. And I'm going to roll another 18 and get another 33. That's... God, I'm going to die in the next fight. Okay. Yeah, you guys have been rolling nuts. Like, Heather hasn't failed a single it's spell been, resistance it's roll. It's been real crazy. I've definitely failed some of those, but, like, I'm anytime I roll too good for a while, I'm scared. <laughs> Because that's when you get okay. that nat one and you uh, die. Yeah. And Jessica, go ahead and roll me a uh, percentile to see what you dispel. Please oh, God. She's not life show. A 67. All right. So, yeah, sight returns for all of you guys. Okay. Cool. Kay. Go ahead and throw that all back on for you. Hollis is like, I don't know. <laughs> Take us from Hollis, unless you want to use your move action. I'll move action, pull my wand of haste. Okay. That takes us from Hollis to Citra. Citra would like to test the wall. Uh, you still cannot step forward. All right, snap my fingers, make one of my kukris go away, and I guess drop the other one, and then I shall draw my bow and fire. Okay. Go Shoot make one shot. Hootie, All don't right. forget Hootie. All right, that is... That is a 12 for a 33. Mm. A 33 will strike your target as your bolt sells across the, dam- the distance and slams into the blinded mummy. Uh, so that'll be uh, 32 points of damage, and Ouch. I would like to use my Dispelling Strike. So, yeah, go ahead and roll uh, your Dispel Magic. Okay, equal to my Rogue's level is my... It's like it's all coming together for you guys. All right, that'll be a 28. Rolled 12. A 28 just barely succeeds. <laughs> Yay! As you thunk an arrow into her. Can I try to five-foot step through the wall? Yeah, you can five-foot step forward. <gasps> yes! All right. Nice. Go team. Sudi, let's get her. From Citra, we go to Masika of the Beckon. Mm. Oh, two. She's blind, right? Yeah, you believe so. We're all like, they're blind, right? So we can move around? <laughs> it's like playing red light, green light <laughs> or something. All right, Masika will run 40 feet forward with her uh, boots of speed that she okay. has. And then I'm just going to blast her straight across from there. She needs nice. to make a reflex save. <laughs> I like that she gets blasted in the front. She casts this spell. Then she gets blasted to the side. Like, she's just not having a good day. We don't she, like the She dark. does not deserve yeah. a good day. She is a person sacrificing weirdo. Uh, that's actually only 18. So I don't think that that's going to succeed. 
No, that fails. She's already blind. Masika does 55 points of damage with her sunbeam. Oh, oh my gosh. A painful hit. I can do that two more times, y'all. Nice. <laughs> Very that's good. It. That's yes. the end of my turn. From Masika, we go to Sudikantar. All right, I have I have enough movement to get behind her, which is important. So I get behind her, and yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna strike her. Yeah, okay. Just just she's just a striker. I think I'm just gonna I'm just gonna <laughs> hurt her. Um, okay, so I roll a twelve. That gets me a thirty-six. A thirty-six will strike your flanked foe. Heyo. Okay, that's only uh, thirteen points of damage though. Still some damage. Uh, she, she does have, have damage reduction, reduction but yeah. yeah. Next round, though, is when the good fun times will happen. That takes us from Sudi to Neferuset. She'll cast on the defensive. So successfully casting the defensive, she extends a hand up, grips it to her undead chest. Uh, as she does so, she harms herself. Yep. <laughs> yep, saw that I coming. also did some digging because uh, an interesting thing with harm is it specifically says if you use it on a dead creature, harm acts as heal, which means that much like heal, it does also cure blindness. Ah, you! Oh, oh, yes, it does. Good point. Yeah, so she does heal herself up for 170 hit points, and she'll go ahead and take a five-foot slide to the side to threaten Masika. From Neferuset, we go to two. Two. We will go ahead and just take a five-foot slosh forward through the uh, the water here. Uh, heft up his sword after like ducking under the archway to step in here. Uh, hefts up his blade, and he'll go ahead and swing and power attack. Although she's not blind now. That is a 30 even, which will not strike his target. That is a 30 even, which will not strike his target. I don't Yikes. like that. It's that turning. is a 25, which will not strike his target. It's turning, y'all. Prepare. Well, she's going to get hit with a sunbeam again, and maybe she'll be blind again. That takes us from there to Hollis. All right. Hollis is going to saunter her way forward to join the group. Uh, and then I'm going to go ahead and uh, do like a little flourish with my wand, like spin it between my fingers and then cast haste on everybody. Yay. Okay. That feels good. And that's my turn. From Hollis, we go to Citra Nahamra. Uh, Citra is going to move around into the flank. Okay. Drop my bow, snap my fingers uh, to pull out my kukri. Unfortunately, I can't two up an attack since I dropped my other kukri, but I'm still going to get her at least once this round. All right. So 16. 38. That is a threat. <laughs> a 38 will hit. Threat will to confirm. My grandpapa says hi. Roll. <laughs> I don't think this is going to get her. <laughs> I don't think a 26 will confirm. A, a 26 will not confirm your yeah. <laughs> uh, critical hit. But you know what? I still have sneak attacks. So... Yeah. The spelling strikes, the, uh, the spelling attacks some more. All right. That is 35 points of regular damage, one point of electricity, one point of fire, and she is uh, bewildered and disoriented, minus two to the group, minus eight to me. Okay. Are you wanting to dispel her again? Yes. Yes. Continue the dispelling. That would be an 11 for a 27. Mm. A 27 will not succeed. Yeah, because I would say I barely got it with that last roll, so. Okay. Bummer. It's a free check, though. Bring us to Masika of the Beckon. Right. Masika will five foot step around next to two. She needs you to make a step reflex save. No, she doesn't have That'd step be up and strike. <laughs> That'd be a weird thing for her to have. That'd be such a weird thing for her to have. Just be uh, like, aha, mummy rot, and punches you in the face. Uh, <laughs> ew. Um, she needs to make a reflex save. Hey, I'll let be blind again. That 
might do it. I know this save DC is really high. 28. Ah, oh, that does it. Ah, dang it. Oh, no. Still does damage. She does. She takes 31 points of damage. <laughs> that is a good roll. Yeah. <laughs> Teamwork. Say, that's a lot of, that's a decent that's number of sixes. Still a lot of damage. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I got really one more blast. shot on that, guys. All right, good. We love it. We love to see All it. Right. You're getting your All money's right. worth on that spell. Yeah. If we level up after this, I get to do it six times to Hakatep yeah. instead of the five times I did it to his wife. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I think we are going to level if we, so if we don't all die. That takes us to Sudi Kantar. Sudi Kantar is going to take a five foot step up, uh, basically next to two and Masika, uh, so that he is flanking with uh, Citra. You are not. Okay. Oh, you are. Good for you. I am. There, Double flanking diagonally. in the same square. It's really weird and great. It is <laughs> yep. a little weird. Welcome to being a large like size it. creature. Um, okay, so here we go. Full out attack, uh, flurry of blows. You know the Mighty Ducks, the two big hockey player guys that are like metal. That's what y'all are. Just the big, <laughs> <laughs> the big, bru- the two bruisers from like the yeah, second the movie or whatever. Yeah, the bruisers. Yeah, oh, that did not escape in the top. I guess what do they call them? Enforcers in uh, enforcers. Yeah, yeah. Enforcers. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I roll a seven for a thirty-two. Y'all kind of dress the same. A 32 will strike your flint <laughs> foe. hey All right. I am pummeling, by the by. Uh, so that is 19 points of damage. All right. Solid hit. I think Jordan's waiting patiently for you, Rachel. <laughs> oh, opportunist. Gosh. There it is. <laughs> there it is. I was like, how long will it take? It's going to take a while. It always to does. some more things. Because <laughs> I'm awful. You're not awful. Uh, Be a 14 for a 36. A 36 will strike your flanked foe. Yeah, okay. Sometimes have problems with flanked foe. I don't know why I use that term if I have problems other than my love of alliteration. Mm. Freaking flanked flows. Flows, it's the L. (laughs) See, yes. It's the L. Flanked foes. They just call them flows from now on. Yep. All right. Kill her. Make her dead. Er. Spell her again. Redead. Redead her. (laughs) Be 38 points of regular, six points of electricity, and four points of fire. Nice. And I would like okay. to dispel something again. I got to roll a 12 or higher, and I didn't. I rolled another 11. Freaking A. Oh. Uh, go ahead and give me a perception roll from the party. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> I, roll a, I roll a 10 for a 27. I roll a 15 for a 41. Uh, Masika rolls a 14 for a 21. Citra rolls a 16 for 38. Sudi, Citra, right on top of her. The fire doesn't appear to have any additional effect on her. It does burn her, but no additional effect. However, she does seem to be oddly vulnerable to the electricity. Oh. <gasps> I have an electricity spell. Just so you're aware. That's kind of an Good. interesting thing, considering who That's her husband is. That's better than the statues are animating and coming <laughs> to get us. God, that was horrible. <laughs> uh, uh, Sudi, I think you still have the rest of your turn. Yes, I do have the rest of my turn now. It's the problem with being a monk with opportunists and everything is my turn to like forever long. <laughs> okay, that is a 13 for a 38. A 38 will strike your opponent. I am pummeling style, so keep th- keeping that in mind, that is 15 points of damage. All right. And you're hasted. Uh, and I'm hasted, but we're, we're going to get to that. So that's a 12 for a 32. A 32 will strike your opponent. Well, between Ouch. being flanked and Citra lowering her AC. Uh, that is mm-hmm. 20 points of damage. As your fist slams down onto her, you crack her down into the ground over and over again. She <laughs> stares up towards you, Sudi, as you loom over, bring up your fist one last time and croaks out something. Again, you cannot literally understand, 
but for a moment, the literal stone around you seems to groan with the weight of these words uh, before your fist slams down. Frick, did she just say? And her body falls still. Some Two. kind of ultimate blasphem- blaspheme or something. What did she say? I would not repeat those words. Ah, jeez. <laughs> Sudi, as you, you stand back up towards your feet, I imagine uh, you and Citra panting, considering the uh, the violent conflict you've just gone through. You look about to see that you now stand in a room. Off towards your left, right, and towards the center of the room stand three statues. Each one of these of tentacled, eye-stalked, fanged orifices. Not even necessarily as much, just vaguely in the shape of a person. But almost as if a person had been slit from nose to groin and splayed open, filled with a mass of tentacles and writhing monstrosity. Ew. The statues themselves are stained in blood and gore, as are the puddles that sit before them in gummy pools. You think whoever sculpted those just, like, had that moment where they're like, are we the baddies? (laughs) It's like, that seems like a lot, right? Like, that seems like a bad thing to be glorifying. Also probably means they saw that in real life, and then we're like, oh, okay, you want me to put that in stone? Sure, buddy. (sighs) Hollis is going to take a few minutes to prepare some spells because I have some open slots. Suppose we'll pause for healing real quick. So, uh, yeah, you take the time to go ahead and uh, patch up yourselves. Uh, all of you queue up to pass out the healing. He seems very uncomfortable to be in this room. Uh, in large part because he can tell yeah. you that each of the statues are radiating overwhelming evil. Yeah. I mean, do we have to do the healing in this room? <laughs> well, we need to get stuff off of her oh, and right, probably right, right, erase right. the weird stuff on the floor. And Yeah, yeah Tu's already there's, taken there's, care there's of that one. There's stuff to do, I know. Masika is going to use restorations, I believe, on uh, Hollis and... Two. Two. So, following that, uh, you can, of course, search her body if you so wish. Definitely. Yeah, because we need to drag her back and put her back in her in her coffin. And lock the dang least. lock. Yeah. yeah. You put a really stay. heavy weight on it. <laughs> uh, we let Citra lock it and jam it. <laughs> right, yeah. What do you get taking 10 on a uh, spellcraft? A uh, 41. Masika gets a 34 to just, you know, if we split it into two piles, you know. <laughs> Uh, so the first thing you find on her, until I didn't even get a chance to use this, she was using too many area effects, is her greater metamagic broad of bouncing. <gasps> Give it. What? Of, of what? Sorry? Bouncing. Well, unless you want it. Uh, whenever a bouncing spell targets a single creature that has no effect on its attended target, whether due to spell resistance or a saving throw, you may as a swift action redirect it to another eligible creature within range. Cool. You have more attack spells than I do. Eh, we'll hang on to it, and if you want it, we can always pass it back over. A lot of my save and su- save or suck spells won't affect the undead, so Masika didn't really pray for any uh, of them yeah, because, fair. you know, we're in a yeah. pyramid full of undead things. In <laughs> addition, she has a uh, scroll tube containing two scrolls. One is a scroll of dust form. Oh, it's cool. Weird. I bet that would have been a, an escape. If she was going to try to escape, she could turn into Maybe. dust. Maybe. Yeah. She also has a scroll of implosion. Whoa. Oh. That it does bad. exactly what it says on the tent. Yep. <laughs> Yikes. Okay. I'll hang on to that. I have a really good use magic device. Yeah, there's also a wand of deeper darkness. Eight charges remaining. A belt of incredible dexterity, plus two. Meh, cloak of there. resistance, plus three. A headband of alluring charisma, plus two. Yeah, she needed that. She looked real rough. <laughs> <laughs> a ring of protection, plus three. Oh, that's what mine is. Um, I'll yeah, take that, actually. Oh, there you go. 
She's uh, wearing a set of gold bracelets set with purple corundum uh, and an unusually large black opal. Do they do anything or are they just purdy? No, they're just really neat. No, oh, okay. Uh, her crown, which is capped by the gold hooded cobra with small rubies for its eyes. Cute. Uh, her gold earrings, which are set with tiny black star sapphires. Oh, those are cute. Uh, what I'm going to assume is her gold bikini, which is her golden pectoral necklace set with black pearls. There you go. There which, you go. by the way, worth about 15,000 gold pieces <laughs> if you want a really good Princess Leia outfit. Masika's <laughs> uh, like slowly, you know, Lingerie like, for the husband. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> armor, so not, would like I, this. Yeah, I'm not going to tell him where I found this, but yeah. <laughs> I'll wash it real good. <laughs> the really funny thing is you put it in your bag and then later on you open the bag and armor's like wearing it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my what? God, fan art, please. I need armor in a gold bikini. Mashika, Mashika. Tell Shitra to draw me like one of her French girls. <laughs> Galton. Galton girls. One of, one of her Galton girls. <laughs> Galton girls sounds like a uh, a flogging Molly song. <laughs> I lost my heart to a Galton girl. True. Yeah, Masika's taken the gold bikini. Don't ask questions. <laughs> there are Delightful. 10 uh, black gemstones of various types. They're worth 50 gold each. Cool. Uh, powdered lead and platinum. Uh, and silver dust. I say we leave her with her crown because that's the thing of her station and we're taking everything else. Ah, Okay. We shove her in the box and we lock the box and we have Citra break the lock. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm cool We put her in the box. We leave her with her crown. We slam the lid. We lock it. And Masika says a prayer to the gods just because, you know, we reinterred her. I make a note to uh, prepare arcane lock and come back later. Yep. Yeah. Citra says a prayer to Osiris, like take her and put her where she belongs. Yeah, we gotta figure out how to get deeper. We leave her her crown. We put her. In, we take everything else. We put her in the box. We lock it. And Masika and Citra are like, "For the love of God, please don't come back again." I'll come <laughs> arcane lock this when we're done, like tomorrow. Got any Maybe. acid? Just acid splash the lock. I like the jack. Like this won't be flying tomorrow. We don't know another. There's not another way to go, right? We didn't miss anything, so I guess we gotta search around in here. Yeah, probably. I guess Hollis is going to start searching around. Actually, I'm going to detect magic on these weird statues over here and see, like, what their deal is. You know, we didn't really get too close to the altar because we were afraid of activating those statues. But I wonder if maybe that's the way. We'll we'll start. We'll work backwards. So check this room and then move back until we find the way forward. Mm -hmm. My perception sucks, but Narmer can be of way more assistance when it comes to that. Um, Yep. I'm 50% magnifying glass. I guess Masika and Narmer will go take a really good look at the uh, thrones. Maybe mm. there's something, a passage or a puzzle or something around those near her sarcophagus. Okay, um, so Sudi, I guess, will start looking for, like, I don't know, a hidden passage or something uh, behind these creepy statues with the bloodstains in front of them that we defeated Neferuset at. Citra will probably help Sudi in this room. Masika thinks back to all the other places they've been and been like, okay, if I was Chisisek, where would I hide a passage? And basically just starts looking for anything that's not symmetric or something looks out of place, you know? <laughs> First off, Hollis, you can go ahead and give me a uh, spellcraft. Uh, Sudi and Citra, I believe you're both searching <laughs> through that room. Yep. yep. So you can both go ahead and make me perception rolls. Uh, Masika, you and Armor may do the same. Uh, two's going to find a position towards the center of uh, that area where Masika was kind of going on her own and stand there enlarged up to his full 15 feet majestic height. Hollis rolls a 
19 for a 48 on her uh, spellcraft. Okay. Wow. Uh, Sudi rolls a 15 for a 41 perception. Uh, Narma rolls a 10 on his perception, which gets him a 30, and Masika aided him, so a 32. And Citra also rolled a 10, which got her a 32. So, Hollis, looking over these statues, you can tell that uh, each of these statues are made of the same bizarre green basalt that the other statues are made of. All of them are faintly magical, less so in the way that they are magical items or even the focuses for something like a unhallowed effect, more in the way that they are magically enchanted with evil and sacrifices to make them more appealing beacons for someone to use a summoning spell. Oh. Uh, much of the same way that you can use something that distresses or disturbs a character to dispel them or to banish them, you can use items that are pleasing to them to draw them towards you. It seems to have possibly been the way that she reached out through the void of space and drew the creatures that you were forced to face here to her, the Neshmal. Okay, we don't love that. Sudi Citra is searching this room, other than the fact that this is a horrible, horrible place. Yeah, you don't see any signs of secret passages or anything along those lines. Masika doing the same back in the other room, looking over the sarcophagus, looking over the thrones in here. No, you and Narmer don't find anything of, uh, of real interest. One time you turn around, you lose track of Narmer, you look back, and he's just sitting there with his, like, flippers folded over his chest. <sighs> just sitting on the throne. I am your catfish king. Okay. <laughs> All will love me in despair. All right, what are your orders? I demand oil can. I don't know. Okay. I just all can take off. Masika will turn back down the hallway where everybody else is. Yeah, there's nothing in here, but Narmer's declared himself our catfish king. Yeah, okay. I thought he already was. <laughs> I'm king of the Oshirian and the first catfish people, defender of the realm, Lord Narmer, first of his name. <laughs> Lord Narmer, first of We check him to make sure that he's not possessed. <laughs> <laughs> Turn back around, um, he's just up there in the gold bikini again. Anyway. Oh my god. <laughs> Alright, so I guess backtracking, yeah, the altars really, I mean, because we've erased the sigils on the floor in the other two rooms because yep. they were very bad news. Yeah. So really, the only thing we haven't really looked at is the altar in this area. Yeah, All right. go give that a closer look. Uh, Citra's going to be extra paranoid for this, so mm -hmm. being very uh, cautious of traps. Okay. Yep. Yep. So you make your way back out, head off down the hall, back past where the uh, the ooze confronted you, back past the, uh, the bloody summoning room before eventually making your way back out into the shrine of Set, a barrel vaulted ceiling hanging high above this awe-inspiring temple. An enormous painting of a man with a canine head covers much of the floor and four basalt baboon-headed statues stand at the southern end of the chamber and two more stand in the northern end of the chamber. Flanked along the sides left and right you can see four massive statues of large barrel-chested men with the heads of what all of you are able to identify as shahs, commonly known as set beasts. Each of them holds a wicked-tipped spear and bears their fangs. A large altar sits atop the dais to the north, and behind the altar stands a huge golden effigy of the same canine-headed figure, a prominent trail of blood leading from the south of this room, where you initially came, up to the dais, where even more copious puddles of gore have congealed including the large pile of gore that is a few dozen humanoid-looking hearts. Yeah, and there's something magic in there. There's? Yeah. Let's, 
Yeah, let's take a good look at the rest of the altar before we start poking the heart bucket. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what are you trying to look at the altar for? Just anything. If there's a switch or something under Hidden it. Hidden passage like, yeah, somewhere, yeah. A tracks that like would slide so out of the way. you're looking for a secret passage. Yeah. Yeah. Looking for anything out of the norm, really. Okay. So uh, I guess go ahead and give me a perception roll from Citra and Sudi. Aholus Masika, what are you two doing? Are you searching as well? I'm going to keep an eye on these set statues. <laughs> yeah, okay. They're probably going to move, and that's going to suck. Two's going to stay uh, huge-sized. Masika's just going to stand by in case we have to... Well, you know what, actually? I don't. Masika's going to find a spot on the floor that's not real bloody and plop down and do some automatic writing and uh, figure and just ask where the passage to move on from Neferuset's hall is. I Fort suppose. Tonkatap, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, that's very vague. <laughs> it's like, how, how do we proceed to Hakatep's chamber? Yeah. Heather, figure out exactly what you're going to ask, and real quick, I'll take care of everyone else's results. Citra, Sudi, what did you make on your perception rolls? I got a perfect 20 for a 46 perception. Nice, because I rolled a 9 for a 31. The two of you search thoroughly around the statue, having actually already searched the surrounding area originally when you're looking for a secret passage to continue and find no further signs of a secret passage behind or any way that the statue can move or any levers or loose stones or triggers of any sort. Hmm, okay. I guess Masika would ask how to reach Hakatep's burial chamber from Neferuset's tomb. Or, you know, what do, yeah, what do we need to do to reach Hakatep's burial chamber from Neferuset's tomb? And it works like a divination spell with a 90% success rate. Okay, so... 90% success rate, you say? And you, of course, know if you fell. Mm-hmm. It's a 10, so that's going to succeed. <laughs> I can do it a couple times per day, but still. So this is a piece of advice in reply to a question concerning a specific goal, event, or activity. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say that you're saying that how how will I reach yeah. his mm-hmm. chamber? Because uh, much like you must answer in the form of a question kind of thing. Yo, Ta, I need directions. <laughs> Masika, you settle down. Focus. Clear your mind. Lay your paperwork down. Place a weight on one side. Normally it's on the other. <laughs> He's helping. <laughs> He's trying. Swatch at your quill like a cat. No. Close your eyes. Try to focus. Try not to feel this, like, the oppressive weight of the structure around you. The Almost this feeling of eyes on you as you make a point not to glance towards the four massive statues with their vicious weapons in hand. Try not to pay attention to the thick coppery stench of blood mixed with the sickly sweet smell of decay that reeks in this chamber. In fact, you're almost so distracted that you look down with a little bit of surprise as you've noticed that your hand has finished writing. Glancing down, you seem to have written a few lines. Um... All right, so the way is hidden and protected by the Dark Queen. Beyond her chamber, opposite of the vault containing the one who worshipped before her, and the dark column that will lead you to the crypts of the wise witches. You must overcome the last defender and traverse the waters of forgetfulness. Only then will you find the once resting place of the Sky Pharaoh. None of that made any sense to me. Hmm. All right, so the Dark Queen is off is, you know, Neferusa, beyond her chamber opposite of the vault containing the one who worshipped before her. 
Who is that? Is it like they worshipped before her in time, or is it like they worshipped her? You know, like they worshipped before her. Yeah, it's, it almost sounds like somebody worshipped her, but vault? We haven't really found a vault, have we? Not anything I would describe as a vault, Two says. Except for, you know, the collection of hearts. There's a vault of hearts, maybe. I don't think that's called a vault. I think that's called a I mean, a I don't think so either. I'm stretching, but... There's water over there. Wasn't there something about water? Water's a forgetfulness? Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't forget But yeah, anything. you must overcome the last defender and traverse the waters of forgetfulness, which makes me think those are well, later I think the, waters. the last defender mm. is probably the wise witches. Defender singular. It's probably the general. What's her name? The oh, one yeah. that Tawad. Yeah. yeah. All right. So the vault's opposite the one who worshipped before her. Hmm. Sometimes these are more confusing than helpful. Masiko would stand up, brushing off. I think it's more of a riddle. Two shrugs his shoulders. I mean, sometimes it's hard for us to communicate with mortals. You're um, about to call us dumb in a nice no, way, aren't I, you? I wasn't remotely going to say that. <laughs> I was more simply saying that it's difficult for someone to tap into the collective power of the divine, and sometimes the message gets muddled because we don't... I speak with words in your brains to you, but many times we express things as absolutes. We don't have the range of emotion and thought that you mortals do. We are singular beings, uh, literally, actually, because I am no, my body is no different than my soul. Uh, I am a being of absolute good and law and really don't have much of a choice in the matter. Not that I would <laughs> want to, because I really enjoy being who I am, much as I assume that those tentacle monsters really enjoy being who they were. How do you explain the ones that flip sides? Anyway, this is not a conversation for today. <laughs> there could be a long, slow... In fact, there's a really long treatise of that that I once learned from an acolyte of Toph. I'd be more than huh. happy to talk to you about it. Oh, yeah, let's do it after that's, this. That's proper knowledge for morals. Good. None of this... <laughs> none of this tentacly business. Delightful. So, beyond her chamber... Her chamber has to be where she was buried, right? It has to be. So let's go take another look there, then. Maybe we can move her coffin over. Or what do y'all call them? Well, it, it says beyond her chamber, so maybe it's the other room. The room with the creepy, tentacly statues. Maybe it's under the water. We searched that. Well, we searched the room with her sarcophagus, too. No, you specifically searched her sarcophagus and her dais. Mm -hmm. So maybe we gotta search her pool and some other places. Alright, let's, let's go take go a look at the pool. Yeah, just get a, get a hunch as any. Narmer, hold on to the directions. Okay, I'm writing down directions. In fact, you've already written down directions, so here we go. I, I said hold on to them, dear. Okay. I will commit them to memory, and then I'll eat them. Don't, I don't, don't think that's it. necessary. You might get the paper jam. You don't want that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Peace you, Thank letter. you, somebody, for laughing at that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is going to be a deep cut that I really hope somebody laughs at. <laughs> Why does it say there's a paper jam when there is no paper jam? Masika screams as she's poking at Narmer's gears. <laughs> he suddenly can't talk because his gears are jammed up. And it turns out to be this tiny, tiny little piece of paper that he chewed on once. Wow. Masika, I need you to lift the outside tray. <laughs> <laughs> I lifted it and I put it back in. <laughs> Remove the toner cartridge and shake it firmly three times before so he he knocks him on the head a little and he starts working. Yeah, a little percussive maintenance on him. <laughs> there are a lot of office worker listeners right now that are like, I felt seen. Yeah, yeah true. Oh, goodness. Well, you um, navigate your way back through the blood circle chamber, back through the chamber of the 
horrible Dark blob monster thing. and then re-enter into the uh the once again this large chamber the you guess burial chamber of Neferuset. guess we'll look around the pool yeah i'm thinking the pool uh you may search if you so wish oh i don't roll great uh i, I roll a big three for a 21 uh, I roll another 15 for a 41. This is getting a little weird how it's all 15s for me. But Narva rolls in 19, uh, which gets him a 39 and Masika aids, so 41. Citra rolled a 13 for a 35. Okay. You split up. Begin searching the pool of water. Let's split up, gang. Searching around, uh, looking over the, the area surrounding the, the floor of the pool, by the way, that had that appearance of like stars twinkling mm-hmm. in the night sky. Uh, it's actually set with 75 small diamonds. Jeez. Huh. And can we so if you need some diamonds, diamonds to resurrect the... yourselves, there you go. Oh, we might need <laughs> those diamonds. Yeah. That's true. How much are those diamonds worth? Is it worth the effort of prying them out to actually... Uh, they can be easily pried out with the tip of a dagger. Uh, it would take you about 30 minutes to do so. Uh, how... uh, we'll come back for them. It is, however, uh, 15,000 gold worth of diamonds. Oh my God. I'm going to go write oh. that in the treasure. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, we bought a crud ton of diamonds while we were in uh, Sothis, but yeah, I mean... Mental yes. bookmark that we can come back here if we need diamonds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the octopoid-headed uh, statues also have some emeralds for eyes, but... Uh, those can't cure us. Yeah, yeah I mean, if the, even though these people are really bad, it's still a tomb. I'd rather not pilfer things we don't need. Yeah, I'm an archaeologist. I just want to study them, but I don't want to die, so diamonds are a thing. So that's no, that's what I'm saying. Dope. See, because like we need the diamonds for spell components, but the emeralds. Yeah, those are just pretty, yeah, those yeah. like they stay. say, diamonds are an adventurer's best friend, and they're forever, <laughs> and they're forever <laughs> till they're used for spell components. Sudi, searching the right hand passage, or the right hand side of the uh, the pool, you step up, you go along, Hollis following along in your wake, the squelch squelch sound of uh, of your boots of Hollis's boots echoing behind you. As you guys did kind of like get down in the pool and start searching the bottom of the pool for like Yeah, things. I'll dry us off after this. Sudi, you stop. Look over an area of the wall here. It's just, especially considering the almost chaotic jumble of Aklo symbols written across the walls. It's just a little too uniform here. As you look this over, you see what may be a stone that can be depressed. Mm. Judging by... The, uh, the edge here of the masonry that would hold it in place. Almost at the same time that you discover this, as you're just kind of checking this over, giving a nod to Hollis, who's you know, sweeping it with the detect magic and there's nothing special. Hmm. On the opposite side, Citra, you pause your hand on the wall before giving it a soft kind of tapping, noting not a secret passage, but another cleverly hidden plaster wall. Yeah. You stand exactly opposite of Sudi on the opposite side of the pool. I found another plaster wall. Well, I think I found a a stone that can be depressed. Uh, let me check the button before you press it. Seems wise. <laughs> Do you want me just to start gonna... pounding down this door? I think that's a good idea. Well, well this may the, be an opening. The button may open the door, so hold off for a few seconds. You can just float okay. across the water. I would like to check for traps. Yeah, circling around, making your way over. No, you don't see anything. Push the button, Sudi. Hmm. Pull the lever, cronk. So Sudi gives it a gives it a tap. Pressing this, there's a soft click 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 sound of clockwork inside of the walls. 
and the stone slides almost soundlessly, like a whisper, as the door slides into the wall, like a nice pocket door, revealing beyond a fair-sized chamber. You'd say some maybe 25 feet across, possibly 20 feet wide. The walls of this chamber are covered in closely written hieroglyphs, although something seems wrong about them. At the far end of the chamber, occupying a large portion of it, is a column of inky darkness. Oh, hey, I think that's the dark column that will lead us to the crypts of the wise witches. Ghostly, inhuman shapes of dusty gray appear to both rise and fall within the column. Oh, it's another one of the weird teleporty things. Limbs and tentacles waving frantically. Oh, I love that. Oh, the souls of tentacle monsters. And a faint odor of soured wine pervades the air of this room. It seems to stand in stark contrast to the column of souls that you took to get here initially. A dark reflection, if you will, of that passage. Hmm. Well, we know who made this one. Well, I want to just go ahead and give myself a little sniff of this magic and do a detect magic on it. Sudi, punch down the wall. Yep, uh, Sudi will go across the uh, way and uh, punch down that plaster wall and see what's in there. Very well. Uh, Hollis detecting magic, looking this over. Uh, what do you get taking 10 on spellcraft? Um, 41. Well, no, it's not an object, so 39. Yeah, this appears to function in every way identical to the column of souls that you took to get into this region before. Okay. Where Just it creepy. takes you, you don't know, but it should function much akin to a teleportation circle mm. should you enter it. All right, I'm going to take some more notes on this while Sudi punches down a wall. There's there's probably some part of this, you know, ancient spell that lets you get to customize how it looks. Mm. You know, you cast a spell and then you go into like a, you know, character creator type wizard to try to figure out what yeah, you want Yeah, Neferusa like. was like, mine needs tentacles and darkness. <laughs> I, want it to, I want it to just look like the unknowable dark tapestry <laughs> more tentacles than that. so if that's the dark column this should be the vault of the chamber who of the one who worshipped before her well I guess we should get an answer of what does before her mean yes Masika ponders as she watches Sudi punch a wall <laughs> you know fluriously fluriously you get tired you start kicking instead basically yeah maybe she had like you know another suitor even though Hakatep didn't take any more wives Sudi crashing through the wall as you slam, oh, fist, yeah. punch, smash <laughs> it. The wall collapses inwards as you punch a hole large enough for you to get your body through and look inside to reveal a small, austere crypt containing a single limestone sarcophagus, its lid depicting a slyly smiling Osirian woman clad in linen robes. <laughs> there seems to be a symbol not carved but painted on the forehead and hieroglyphs adorn a cartouche on her neck. Who is it? Sudi, I guess I'll take a step inside and then realize that he has to, actually, we have to actually bring a light source in here uh, to be able to read the painting. Well, maybe like Citra look. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to go in and look first. <laughs> I oh, tap, tap Sudi on the arm. Traps, buddy. Making your way forward. Uh, Citra, you don't see any signs of traps. Approaching up towards the edge of the sarcophagus, the light from two outside playing into the room as he steps in behind all of you, shrinking down to three feet tall, hopping Fair through enough. the opening like a eager pigeon. <laughs> He's so cute. You approach the sarcophagus and look down to see that the symbol upon its forehead appears to be that same inverted elder sign Ugh. that you had seen before. Too quickly destroys it. <laughs> yep. 
The cartouche around her neck bears a single name, Nefarisis. Do we know who that is? Uh, any of those of you who wish may make me, eh, you can just go ahead and make me an intelligence roll. I wonder if it's her grandma. That's got to be it, right? I roll a 13 for a 21. I roll an 18 for an 18. Nice. Miss Zika rolls a 14 for a 15. Uh, I roll a 14 for a 17. All of you do remember that uh, Nefarisis was the name that uh, was given to you for uh, Neferuset's grandmother. Okay. Who basically taught her the ways of the uh, the Dreaming Dark. So it was linearly before, like before her. Yeah. Nahamra said that they found the the book and he destroyed it, right? The super yeah, evil Nahamra book said of he evilness. Okay, which is a lot because you know, Nethis. I mean, if you want to crack it and see if there's something that needs to be destroyed, I'm gonna go stand out in the hall. But yeah, if there's super evil books in here, the like, I you mean, know, creepy pokey guy. I yeah. <laughs> is it cracked open? Looking it over, uh, the sarcophagus is not sealed. Oh, okay. Oh, fine. We open yeah. It. Then let's look in it real quick if it's not sealed. <laughs> Grandma might be wandering around in here somewhere. Oh. Yeah, for real. Let's check and make sure Grandma's not wandering I around. I mean, she was behind the plaster, so unless she had, like, a pass wall or something. She could have. Look, I'm not Maybe. above punching a little old mummy lady. I'm just saying. She's going to be an <laughs> evil <laughs> mummy lady. Yeah, I was going to say, she's most definitely evil. I'll throw a detect magic out there, too. Yeah, just to make sure that there's not, like, you know, knowledge that people really shouldn't get their hands on, like, how to talk to Narlathotep just in Just in here. case somebody ever does fl- find this flying pyramid again. I mean, weirder things have happened with our I luck. Mean, when true. The pl- with when our with our luck, when the planet disappeared, since the pyramid wasn't like on the planet, it's just <laughs> drifting out in the freaking <laughs> void in Starfinder. That's so oh, you know what? <laughs> Somebody get on writing that. <laughs> that would be interesting. That's future adventurer problem. <laughs> yeah, a Hakatep in space. Yeah, mm. there you go. I think it's called Stargate. It is Stargate. <laughs> <laughs> Opening the sarcophagus. Sudi, I imagine taking point on this, lifting it up with his uh, yep. his powerful catfolk muscles, like a panther, slides this aside. Looking inside, you find, surprisingly, not a mummified body. Instead, sitting serenely in the center of the sarcophagus are two canopic jars. I was going to say, the grandmother died when she was still a kid. Remember, because that's where she found the book, and that's when she started acting really weird. Yeah. So I wonder... It's still weird. But anyway, yeah, what's what the canoptic jars... One bears the head of a jackal. The other bears the head of an octopus. Oh. What is it with the octopus? Tentacles. Cthulhu. Are they magical? Uh, detecting magic. Uh, one of them is magical. The one that bears the Anubis-type head. Oh. The octopus head one is not. Oh, wow. Are either one of them marked? Like, is, like, or anything? I'll just take 10 for no. 41 on that one that's magic. Taking 10 for 41. You can determine that this canopic jar is a canopic jar of unlife. Oh, boy. This stone jar, capped with the head of an animal or human, resembles one of the traditionally carved limestone or pottery canopic jars commonly used to hold the intestines, livers, lungs, and stomach of the deceased in Osirian mummification rites. Unlike normal canopic jars, a canopic jar of unlife is used to preserve the existence of a powerful and dead creature. When a corporeal undead creature is first created, one of its organs must be placed inside the canopic jar of unlife as part of the ritual that transforms the creature into an undead being. Thereafter, the undead creature's existence is linked to the canopic jar of unlife. If the undead creature is destroyed, 
The canopic jar of unlife disintegrates two hours later, and the viscera within the jar start to regenerate a new body for the subject at a rate of 10 hit points per hour. The subject is helpless until restored to full hit points. Once used to regenerate an undead creature, a canopic jar of life is, unlife is destroyed. If the canopic jar is opened manually after the viscera are secured in it, the contents disintegrate with an ear-piercing scream, and the jar loses all of its magical powers. Open the we jar. Open, open the jar for Smashing sure. Smashing the jar also destroys the vessel and the viscera within. We gotta smash the crap out of this. Y'all, I know 100%. we have a history with jars, and I'll explain what the jar does, but I'm gonna open the jar. <laughs> Reaching down. It's gonna hurt. As you pick it up, you feel a kind of wet movement inside <gasps> of it. Ew. Yeah, because she's starting to regenerate. Gross. As you crack this open, you look down, and for a moment within, you can see the contracting and expanding lungs of a dead person. Lots of lungs and Before jars. they expand, and then, despite the lack of actual, actual vocal cords, let out a ear-piercing scream before the contents inside of the jar shrivel and disintegrate into dust. Huh. I, I don't want to wait to the after party, but was that her, like, for real? But it didn't turn into dust. Because when she dies, it would turn into dust, right? That was the No, deal. it no. doesn't turn into dust until it rege- until she's fully and done regenerating. It is, it is a single-use phylactery, basically, yeah. that you can use one time. Someone said the two hours part. I Rachel. Yes. Two hours later, it If then, the undead creatures destroy the canopic jar of unlife, disintegrates two hours later, and then the viscera within it, the jars start to regenerate a new body. Yeah. Great. I'm going to pocket the the head of the jar and uh, toss it at Hakatep later. <laughs> so he can know his girlfriend's dead. It's, was it her, Rick? I mean, I can't. Is there any way for us to tell? Whatever it was, whoever it is, they're not coming back, though. No. There's well, still a single canopic we, jar left inside. Thank God. We, oh, my God. Good lord. Dude, could you imagine? <laughs> it's like, hey, you know what we're going to do? All right, guys, let's let's take a break here. We're going to, like, you know, prepare some spells and get ready for this big fight with Hakatev. We go into Hakatev and she just strides in through the door like, She just flips us the bird as yeah, she walks exactly. in. She's like, what's up, y'all? I'm back. <laughs> y'all. Oh, my God. Wow. Talk about dodging a bullet. Jeez. Oh, okay. wow. That could have been really, 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 really bad. And this like, is why really you open bad. the sarcophagi. <laughs> There's a single sarcoph or a single uh, canopic jar still remaining inside of the. It's just a normal canoptic jar. I mean, other than the fact that it has an octopus head on it. It's a weird jar. It's probably grandma, to be perfectly honest. It's the ashes of grandma. Hollis opens the jar carefully just to make sure. Yeah. It could be lead line. I don't know. I don't know. I trust nothing. We'll put it back. I'm not going to like dump things out of it, but I open the jar just to make sure there's nothing crazy in there. And then I close the jar. That doesn't mean you break the seal on it. Hollis, you grab the canopic jar, stare down at the. you know, the Chthonian face staring up at you. Take a grip on top of the uh, the bulbous octopoid head. Twist. Pop it open. With an audible pop. Mm. The moment you do so... I don't know. A veritable explosion. A fountaining cloud of black mold bursts forth. Oh no. As all of you stumble back, this just coats Hollis and balloons through the entirety of the chamber. Good job, Hollis. And I'm going to need a fortitude save from the entire party next time. Dang it! Is that not a trap? Would my trap sense not have gone off? 
It's not a, it's uh, not a trap. It's just a little bit of an environmental thing. You open this up, you expose it to air. It could have had evil stuff in This is how this fungus it. reproduces. It did have evil stuff in it. The mold is evil. It I know. reproduces in your lungs. Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Mummy's Mask is copyright 2014. Mummy's Mask and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.